I'm Kaden Shepard, welcome to The Memo, the extended edition where I sit down and have a full-on conversation with my guest of the week. This week's guest is Ahmed Bayram. Ahmed is the spokesperson for the NRC, the Norwegian Refugee Council, and he joined me this week to talk all things about the Israeli-Gaza war. I started asking him this. Ahmed, thank you very much for coming on the program um, today. Really appreciate it. You heard the news this week, you know, regarding the ceasefire. This must be amazing news for your organisation. Um, on the face of it, it's definitely better than than continuous bombardment and fighting. However, we're taking this with a pinch of salt. I think for us, uh, four days only means going back to, you know, more fighting, more bombardment and more um, loss of civilian lives after the the uh, 96 or so hours have have ended. Um, this is not enough time for, for us or any other organization for that matter, really, to, 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 to be able to do our work effectively. We were hoping that what is being labeled as a humanitarian pause would, uh, first of all, I mean, um, be turned into a long term ceasefire in order for us to bring in food, bring in water, bring in medication and, and obviously provide support for those orphaned kids and, you know, their families who have been displaced in shelters and in schools who have lost their homes, people who need urgent medical evacuation or people who need treatment, life-saving surgeries. This can't be done in, in, in four days. I mean, of course, it's it's better than nothing. But um, yes, again, we say that what we need here is long-sustained, uh, long-lasting ceasefire. So this ceasefire, um, Ahmed, what does it mean for workers on the ground? Do you, do you think they feel safer now? Because I remember speaking to you a few weeks ago and you said to me, you know, people, aid workers were scared to go into, you know, Israel, Gaza. Do you think they're, they're somewhat, you know, they feel somewhat safer now? It was and it still is. Um, I think probably, I mean, we have to see this. Of course, it has to be adhered to and respected, this humanitarian um, pause, and, and it has to come with the right guarantees under the umbrella of the UN, agreed with, um, obviously, Israel and, and the armed, armed groups in, in, in Gaza. Um, just to give you a sense, I mean, our teams are, are on the ground in collective shelters, which are schools or any other such sites that host hundreds and hundreds of families. We are trying to provide some water, some hot meals. Um, that movement around shelters uh, and within shelters really in these in these buildings is very dangerous. Um, I mean, we are in Southern Gaza, which has been uh, falsely called a safe zone. It's not safe. And as if this hour it continues to be bombarded. These uh, relief teams are working under these circumstances for the first time, really, even in a conflict in Gaza. Usually we have the guarantees. We know how to move around. I have 54 Palestinian colleagues in Gaza who don't know, um, you know if the area that they are going to is going to be safe. We hope that these four days will give them some respite, will give them the ability to move around, and then will be extended into something longer and more sustainable. And Ahmed, the NRC called for a ceasefire a few weeks ago. What else would you like to be seen? You know, what else would you like to see done in this region? One one vital one vital step here is um, the uh, ramping up of, of aid across the border. And just to give your listeners a sense. A bottle of water or, or a box of dry food 
has to travel for around 120 kilometers before it makes it into Gaza. The reason being, you know, unloading, loading and unloading in Egypt, the, you know, aid trucks. We have 10 trucks, for example, that are ready to, to go into Gaza. But these trucks have to go from the airport from, from Egypt into a um, assembly point where we can load these, you know, this aid into a truck. And then it has to travel all the way down to southern Israel for screening and inspection. And then back again into the crossing. This is not ideal, you know, for, for, for aid, for aid agencies to operate in this, um, you know, in this uh, mechanism and this environment. We need um, this urgent support across the border as soon as possible. This, I mean, even these 10 trucks will take definitely more than four days for, for all the, you know, loading and unloading. A lot of this is manual work, you know, manual labor, really. Um, Rafah crossing is not used to um, to being an aid crossing. And this is a new experience for everybody. Obviously, we have to go through the admin of, for all of this. And then we have to long in the lot. We have to wait in the line. Um, you know, we're talking about um, scores of, of trucks that have to cross they have to be hundreds really um this is what you know i think that the scale of need the sheer the sheer scale of need now needs the weight of the world behind it the weight of, of you know of donors of aid agencies of, of you know states to support this um and again this is not something that can be done overnight um so we would like to see a small as uh, you know a smoother um, you know, uh, scaled up aid operation and definitely more volume in terms of the trucks that are crossing into Gaza. I know your organisation isn't political in any sense, but what would you say to other countries? What support would you like them to give to Israel, to Gaza? What you know, aid would you like to see? We have been pressuring these, you know, these world powers to, to do everything they can. I mean, with the with the onset of this, you know, deadly conflict, we have you know, we have been speaking to, you know, foreign ministries around the world, the EU, which is a big donor for us. And we, you know, we collaborate on providing aid. Um, we we have had these, you know, conversations with diplomatic, you know, uh, quarters over the over the, the past few weeks. We have we have been listened to, but I would say we haven't seen enough action. I think there is enough powers, you know, and that is that also, you know, applies to, you know, Arab states as well and Gulf countries who can exert pressure on, on the other side as well. I mean, everyone can can definitely um, do much better, I have to say. I mean, 45 days, you know, before we reach a four day humanitarian pause. I mean, this is just not good enough for, you know, I mean, look at the death toll. Look at the, the the human toll this is taking. I mean, children will now wake up realizing they have no family left for them. They have no parents. They have no siblings. They have no friends. They have no limbs. Uh, a lot of them are still in shock. Uh, we are told that you know, children who go into these operation rooms don't 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 understand what's going on. They have you know they have their, you know they have their their injured limbs or injured you know legs or or, or arms. You know, amputated under you know with with no painkillers, um, it does it does affect their their mental health. The mental health situation will start to reveal itself. That the the scale of damage that this this conflict has done to the mental health of, of children. This is the responsibility not just of 
you know, not just of, of, of medical teams, not just of aid agencies. It's the responsibility of the world. You know, 2023 should not be, you know, um, you know, in, in this, you know, in this time and age, there should be no place for, you know, preventable uh, killing of children. And, and unfortunately, these big powers have not managed to stop um, any of this uh, really for the past six weeks. I remember reporting on the war in Ukraine um, last year, early last year, and speaking to people, um, you know, from your organisation and other organisations. Can you see a difference between this, you know, the aid response with Israel and Gaza to the war in Ukraine? I mean, these are two disasters. We all agree on this, but we can't think that we would have liked the same energy, the same motivation and the same, let's say, serious, um, you know, uh, efforts being taken on by, by the world with the same, you know, pace and speed in terms of how the world has come together to, to help, you know, the, the population and vulnerable groups in Ukraine. It has been different. Um, we can all see it. Um, you know, we when we hear the rhetoric, um, it has been... Um, you know, it couldn't it couldn't be more different. Um, even though we were dealing with two humanitarian catastrophes, you know, two populations who have nothing to do with what was happening, and they were coming under under constant attacks. It was we praised the world for coming together and and saving the lives in you know the, the vulnerable lives in in Ukraine. We unfortunately hear what we was what we're seeing in in Gaza is you know almost the opposite. You know standing by watching on as you know bombs have you know rained down on 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 people in their collective shelters in new end shelters designated shelters in areas that were you know labeled safe zones but turned out to be just as dangerous i mean the world has not used the same energy i wouldn't get into the politics of it but we can see that um you know israel the occupy Pying power here was given a green light to do what 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 he was doing, all, all this all this time, um, and of course, I mean you know at the same time hostages that are being held in Gaza and and must be released immediately. Um, so I would I would say there is massive difference, and it is disappointing that you know we were treating you know we're having almost double standards really in, in, in dealing with two um you know two conflicts um and two different you know two populations that are coming under attack the treatment has been has been different and ahmed just finally how can anybody that you know isn't living in the region give their help give their support what would you suggest i mean of course i mean what we have seen some very encouraging you know um signs and and you know very encouraging protests peaceful protests calling for ceasefire i think that is very important at the at the moment for these you know um for for people in europe in particular to continue to call for a ceasefire for an end to the bloodshed i think this is first and foremost you know a, a vital vital um you know uh, action uh, for all of us uh, here on this side of, of the world. The other thing is, of course, I mean, there are um, organizations who are on the ground using, you know, uh, local resources, whether that is, you know, Palestinian organizations on the ground or, you know, organizations, international organizations like the Norwegian Refugee Council. We have um, 54 people on the ground 
again working in in some you know the most atrocious circumstances they have been displaced just like the rest of the population they don't know where the next meal for their children is going to come from you know from which supermarket because the market is almost you know drained um people can go to to our website and donate they can pick their you know their own charity of the of their own you know choice uh, i think as we said we have seen unprecedented suffering and that will need unprecedented support and we don't use this you know these terms lightly we are talking about almost everyone being displaced here uh, 1.6 million people displaced some have no hope of going back home half of the uh, housing in gaza has been damaged or destroyed um the scale is just unbelievable and people can can do every bit they can to you know save these children and their families but again uh speak out and this is you know very very important do support us in in our cause for a ceasefire a humanitarian pause is just too short and will not just you know be enough for 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 the suffering to end ahmed bayram spokesperson for the norwegian refugee council really appreciate your time thank you very much for coming on the program today thank you my pleasure thanks for having me and we want to thank you very much for listening to the memo you can listen to the memo anytime any place wherever you get your podcast just type the memo podcast on any podcast platform. We'll see you soon.